0: Welcome back to Liberal Dane Radio Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131, 914-803-4131. I just ask if you call in, just leave your area code in the chat so I know who it is is calling on my screen. Or else you could always leave comments and questions, et cetera, in the stream, the chat thread. For uh, liberal Dan radio on YouTube I'm not using the chat over in blog talk radio um, so just head on over to YouTube and enter that chat if you want to join in the conversations there um, and as always if you're listening after the live broadcast you can leave your comments questions concerns etc on the show thread at LiberalDan.com, facebook.com slash liberal dan at liberal Dan radio on Twitter or of course leave comments here on YouTube as well. Uh, So two big topics to talk about today, and for some little ones as well, I'm sure we'll hit along the way. Um, First, shouts out to Aaron and Jolie, the Mod Squad. Thank you all, as always. Um, Shouts out to all my patrons, uh, people who have supported me for a while. You can become a Liberal and Radio patron, uh, as little as $5 a month. Uh, just support the show. You might get ac- early access to bits. I didn't upload these ones this t- today, even though I had ideas yesterday, because that was a bad, bad host. But you know, hey. Um, wait, I already have. I even had this loaded up for.
1: It is what it is.
0: Thank you, Donald. Um, it's weird. I was playing. Uh, I was playing uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley on my Twitch stream the other day, uh, yesterday. If uh, Twitch.tv/nerdydan.com, if you want to join me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, so I was I was playing that and I had I was interacting with Donald Duck and I was like thank you Donald and I was like <laughs> but I can't do a Donald Duck invitation I, I suck at it so um what's up P Dubs thank you for joining uh so anyway so if you want to join me with the gaming and we talk about other stuff too if you want to in the chat you know it's fun and you could also support me there for free if you have Amazon Prime um else so news on from last week uh last week i had reported that my mother-in-law's car was stolen from right in front of our house uh, it ended up recovered they did find the car um it was in algiers where i live um, a little bit closer to where my kids go to school um they did not find the wheelchair uh which sucks Cause I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know if we have to replace it or not, or we have to pay anything um, to the company. Cause it was, I don't know if it was being purchased or loaned um, from covered by the insurance. The insurance is terrible. Of course, insurance is a terrible all over the place. Um, that's another topic for another day. Um, but the interesting thing was that they used the, the Jack in the car to replace three of the four tires with donuts, like car donuts. Like I guess Kia Soul's, you know, have like a little tiny donut. They put three of the four, three of the four tires were replaced. So I guess they took the tires and stole them and I guess they could sell them whatever, but I guess the rims as well. So what, what happened then was that they looked into the trunk or whatever and they didn't do it with the fourth tire. Like the, that Kia's donut was still in the car. So it was three other donuts that was that was on they're on the axles of my mother-in-law's car. And the last tire was still there, and the original donut was still there, which is just very strange. Apparently, car smelled a lot like weed. Had some stuff sprayed all over it. Like I think there was. Um, a shampoo that my wife had gotten my mother-in-law that she never took out of the car that got taken i think they squirted it all over the place it's going to need some detailing the the uh steering column's all jacked from where they you know hacked the car and so they could you know bypass the key system or what have you um it was found running apparently they put 1000 miles on the vehicle uh so they were driving it around a good bit uh they didn't um it, the car never flagged on any um crime cameras because they they could do the search i guess if the crime cameras i guess they they'd take note of all of the of all of the license plates that passed by this big brother for you right uh, so yeah they they were able to look at the crime cameras and try and see if that if the license plate hit and if nothing ever hit what would probably happen is they probably took the license plates off so that it wouldn't hit so and then the car was left right in front of a house that had a silver Kia Soul And they stole that one next. So that was their next victim was that Kia soul. So, um, they've been having a field day with these Kia souls. There was another Kia soul that was stolen, that cops were chasing them in and it flipped over and like set on fire and nobody was hurt. But yeah, it's, it's been crazy with these whole Kia soul things with the, with the, uh, TikTok and we don't even have the car back yet. It's towed somewhere. The insurance company now has to go send the adjuster to where it's towed, wherever it is, and then has to do the adjustment. And then we'll have to, um, then we'll have to obviously do all the repairs, but you know, it's better than it not being it's better than us, not knowing where it is. And at least we know it's in the custody of where of the towing company or whatever. And we know that Geico can get to it and et cetera. So, so it's not over because we still have to deal with the claim, but at least, the claim can start, I guess um, let's see, yeah hey, Jolie, if you still have that link um I don't know if you have if you have it from last week or not, it's on last week's page if you want if you, you could find it that way as well if you wanted to just uh share uh, p dubs's uh, goFundMe to you know support a fellow uh fellow sparkler fellow show supporter, etc so oh, you already got it, eh, I thought that was something else. You already got it, Jolie. You're awesome. Appreciate you, as always. Um, what else is it going to talk about? I don't remember. Oh, let's go ahead and play. Let's get Hypocrite of the Week out of the way. We can we can handle that. Um, that's this one? That's, no, that's Words of Redneck Wisdom. Let's do Hypocrite of the Week first. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is Steve Bannon, who was critical of the comments Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made over Trump's involvement with Stormy Daniels. Bannon failed to criticize Trump when he made his own sordid and homophobic allegations as well. If you demand decorum when others discuss Trump, you should demand decorum from Trump as well. Do we expect that to ever happen? Of course not. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube and blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. There you go, this week's Hypocrite of the Week. Of course, you have uh, DeSantis' rather, I guess, kind of funny line about, you know, I don't know anything about paying uh, hush money to porn stars or whoever it is that he worded it. I am surprised it came off so smoothly um it was it was good delivery from from the a-hole uh but again it's it's just this cult of personality that trump has that no everybody has to behave and be on their best behavior and if you dare insult trump just
2: a little bit
0: they go crazy and, and angry and they get pissed off but when trump is like run to sanctimonious meatball ron oh i don't like to talk you know, I, I always come up with nicknames for everybody that I'm talking about. I can't call anybody by the real name. That's one of the kicker. Because DeSantis never mentioned Trump's name, and Trump Jr. was like, um, he can't even say my father's name. If you can't say the name Donald Trump, don't talk about Donald Trump. Well, hello, your father can't say anybody. Crooked Hillary, phony Fauci, all the other nicknames I come up with people. Lion's head uh thirsty marco or what was it was it thirsty marco i don't know i know he was thirsty at one of the at the uh state of the union rebuttal or what have you but the thing is is again it, it's it's just sheer and under, as as the host of the most most nimbus yosh with the smooth sounds of the percy podcast often says uh hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite so uh um, we're used to the hypocrisy, but we're always going to keep calling out the hypocrisy as well. So trying to see, trying to, Oh, just a lot of people saying sippy cup, Marco. (laughs) Nice. Um, Yeah. For somebody it's rich that Donald Trump Jr. would try and, you know, say, say his name. Well, tell your dad to say the names of the people that he's talking about. You know, have some decorum on his part or else don't expect decorum on everybody else's part. It's crazy. Uh, hey, Kim Chi. Hey, MJ Daniel. Who else? Robert, thank you for joining as well. Robert, one of the Liberally Radio patrons. Thank you very much. Um, so, today's show is a tale of two recalls. I gave a little preview of the show last night on my Twitch stream. I was kind of discussing it. So, to make sure that, you know... You know some people got a little heads up about it. And so the first recall election is one I've talked about already uh, recently, which is the recall attempt uh, to get Mayor Latoy Cantrell removed from office early in her second term. Now, the last election, I think they had forty seven thousand or so people voted for her uh, because it was just a very low turnout election. It was embarrassingly low with the turnout. So only like 47,000 showed up, um, of the 225 to 250,000, uh, voters that we have in the city of new Orleans. Now that question is, is there's officially like 250 and you need 20% of the overall amount of registered voters in order for you to be able to successfully recall somebody. If the district is greater than a certain number. Smaller districts require higher percentages. But, the, you know, the, the higher the population, the lower the threshold of a, as a percent wise that you need to get a recall petition su- successfully done so that you, the governor is then required to call a special election to see whether or not they want to recall uh, the elected official or not. So that that was one of the big beefs of the recall petition, folks, is that They thought it was unfair that, you know, you had so many people on the rolls that were incorrect in whatever way, shape or form, because they're hooked in with this other group that is working to try and, quote, clean the voter rolls because they don't like the fact that, you know, they have people who use certain addresses that don't seem intuitive to them, I guess, where they're like, oh, there were seven people who were registered to vote at a, a FedEx mailbox. I'm like, okay, what's wrong with that? if there's somebody who wants to maintain that they're residents of the state of Louisiana and therefore vote here, but if they're like a traveling nurse and they're going around doing traveling or if they work like on a cruise ship or some other some other um, area where you know you want to maintain, again, your residency here, but you don't feel like paying for rent while you're away, you can use a P.O. box and it's reasonable and to use a P.O. box. Uh, and part of the thing with these, with this this advocacy is that they view that anybody with an invalid address automatically means you're not a valid voter. But if you don't have a home, if you're a homeless, you don't lose your right to vote. Of course, we we played that clip as well because to uh, uh, there was there was some conservative fighting going on, arguing on that show that I listened to because some of them were saying that people who are homeless should not be able to vote and. Uh, Jeff was saying that they should be able to vote, especially if they're veterans, because there is a homeless veteran veteran problem. So there's there's a whole bunch of rig and roll about that. But at the end of the day, you know, it turned out initially that they would need uh, 50,000 uh, successfully legitimate signatures to get Latoya Cantrell recalled, or at least have the recall election to see if, if you're gonna recall or not. Um, but there was a deal made between the petitioners and the Secretary of State, and they said, okay, well, we'll uh, we'll adjust or we'll approximate that the total number of voters in the city is you know 25,000 less than what it is officially is on the rolls. So they didn't remove anybody from the rolls, but they just made up a number out of thin air that says, oh, this is the number we're using, um, but with no rhyme or reason as to how they came to that number, it was it was the ridiculous. And the mayor was trying to sue over that number because they, she, there was like, no, you should need the whole fifty thousand, not the four hundred not the forty-five thousand. They got twenty-seven thousand. It didn't matter. Now they submitted over sixty thousand signatures on various pages and they only had 27,000 and change approved. Now, one of the reasons back in the day that I said that I thought this recall election was going to fail, well, other than the, besides the fact that nobody has ever been successfully recalled in the state of Louisiana, ever. Like it exists, it's possible to do, it's never been done because of the threshold of the percentages that are required to get are high. Now, I actually agree with some of the people where I, my idea initially I was like, well, they should do something like, you know, require over 50% of the people who voted in the last election for that office. So if you have a low turnout, you would need less signatures than if you had a high turnout election. Um, the fact that they agree with me is making me rethink my position. I'm like, if they're agreeing with it, what's wrong with it? because they're the, you know, the low-educated voters that Trump likes. And if they're agreeing with me, I'm automatically suspicious as to why, or what am I missing about this formula that is making it so that they would want to do it too? Because I don't expect, I don't anticipate that we actually agree on something on its merits. There's got to be something that I'm missing. That's going to move. Let's see, non-residents count, even if they are not citizens, at least on census. Yes, Wes, when it comes to like, um, the population as a whole, yes, that's true. But when it comes to determining how many you need in a recount, it's only you only take into consideration the amount of registered voters, active registered voters in the city, or in the municipality, or the the, the area, or the state if it's a statewide recall. So you don't you don't look at um, non resident uh, non resident people who are here. You don't get Um, you don't get, whatchamacallit, even if you're a citizen and you're not registered, you don't, it doesn't count. It doesn't count towards the requirements. But of course, these whiny babies in the no Latoya recall campaign were complaining about that the entire time. It was unfair. We had too many, it was an obstacle we had to overcome. Well, why didn't they work to eliminate the discrepancies first, before starting the recall. That might have made a little more sense. Get that number down first and then start the recall. But no, they're not. That's why Donald Trump loves the poorly educated, because some of these people are not the brightest bulbs in the chandelier. So of those votes, 32,421 ballots were submitted by those mail outs. What they did was they they had one person spending a whole crap ton of money on this recall. That person happens to own or co-own the Walk-On's restaurant that's on Uh, Poydras. Walk-On's is famous for being one of the restaurants that closed for Essence Festival, Essence Festival being one of the largest um, black conventions in the city, and they decided to close for Essence to clean a piping issue. Well, they knew about the piping issue for weeks, from what I've heard. Originally, they announced it on the Thursday before they said, at 11 a.m., they said, we're closing at 3 because we're having a sewage problem. Their problem was that the sewage was coming out of the men's room and going into the dining room. So they're gross because they allowed people to continue to eat in the dining room when they knew sewage was backing up into the dining room. They, their, their excuse was, oh, we didn't know it was that bad. But that's BS because they knew it was that bad because they knew, they already said we're going to be closed and we're going to reopen Monday. So how would you know how long you were going to be closed and reopened unless you knew how bad it was and knew what work had to be done? So no, you're full of crap. And A, and, and, but you waited. But apparently this, this problem was happening for weeks, according to somebody that I spoke to from the Times Picayune, which is a local newspaper. So they knew about it for weeks and they specifically closed down. Why? for, for um, Essence Festival. Why? Because the owners racist. And a lot of all the owners that close the restaurants down for Essence Festival are absolutely racist because they don't want to deal with black clientele. And it's disgusting. So they're doubly disgusting when it comes to that. And he was the person of all of the, like the, the campaign, I think had $101.2 million of, of spending money that it could use to, uh, to do whatever it is they needed to do to try and get the recall done. And it turned out that like 1.1 million, at least if not all of it was money that was donated by this one guy, this one owner Who is this one owner. Well, he originally wasn't, he he supported Donald Trump. He supported other conservatives. He did make contributions to Toya Cantrell's campaign. I'm guess because he does business in the city and wants to grease the wheels, so to speak. And uh, of the person who was the, the elected mayor thing is, is that, The mayor didn't like his plan on dealing with homelessness in the city because, you know, as a a business person, he his one of his concerns is, I guess, making the city look nicer. And how can the city look nice if there are all these homeless people in there or whatever? (laughs) You know, all rich, mighty folks, you know, looking down on the peons. How dare they? You know, want to stay somewhere. His solution to the homelessness problem in the city of New Orleans was to go under the bridge where they sleep and to confiscate all their stuff. So not only will they be homeless, they'll be possessionless as well. That was his solution. That solution was rejected on the part of the mayor of New Orleans, which is good. It's a good. One of the good things she's done. Another good thing she did is she she was responsible. Leader during the pandemic when everyone was shut down, she was very strict. She was she was following the, the the laws. She was not fighting, you know, closures like stupid idiots like DeSantis and Abbott and all those other conservatives who were fighting to oh we're going to keep this open whatever blah blah blah. No, she protected the citizens, and that's part of the reason why the people outside of New Orleans were supporting the efforts with I guess, manpower is because they were mad that Latoya Cantrell, or as some people call her, T.D., T.D. was, you know, keeping everything shut down for the pandemic and protecting the citizens of the city of New Orleans. So they were mad at that, and I wasn't about to help an organization backed by such people, even if I thought she wasn't the greatest, which she's, there's things I disagree with. I don't know who would replace her. I don't know who would want to replace her, and not anybody who ran against her, that's for damn sure. Um, So, but here's the thing. So they, so they took, of that $1.1, $1.2 million donated by the guy who owns Walk-Ons, they did a massive mailer effort where they said, okay, here is, the, here is your petition for everybody in your household. We've pre-filled in all the information, so all you have to do is sign and send it back. I guess have it witnessed as well. So easy, right? I mean, that that took, that's maybe, somebody. they sent it to 130,000 chronic voters in the city of New Orleans. Now, me and my wife count as one, so they didn't send us two ballots. They just sent us one petition with both brand names on it. So apparently they have in the software the ability to, to you know sort by name or whatever, whatever software was being used. But when I looked at my petition that I received in the mail, it had the incorrect birth year on there. So I'm like, well, I can't possibly be the only one this has happened for. Uh, it would be shocked because I know the secretary of state has my correct birth year because I was, I was able to check my voting information online using that information, which included my birth year, but they put an incorrect birth year. So that to me that says that there is either a clerical error when entering the, the, the information or there is a bug that was putting wrong information in certain places. Either way, I was i was going to be surprised if i would have been the only one and i predicted that despite even though that nobody's ever successfully recalled a politician in the state of louisiana before as i said i didn't think that this one had a good chance of succeeding simply because of the fact that there would be too many of these ballots with errors on them that they did themselves and they never checked it to verify if the information was correct they just mailed it out and just hoped that they would come back correctly, and they didn't. Of those ballots that were returned, of the 32,421 ballots that were submitted in that way, 32,397 were rejected for reasons listed as, quote, other. So, so that's over 99% of these things were failed, were faulty. They had problems with them. Now I don't know if it was all the same the different birth year problem if there was some other issue or maybe there was some other technical issue. They didn't have the date right, they didn't sign it right. Whatever whatever. Ninety nine percent of these things out. Now I predicted that these this would be a source of problems for the for the recall campaign. I had no clue. I would have never expected it to fail that badly. I didn't think that 99% of them would be would be yeeted simply because they couldn't get the in- information right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's why they failed. Not because the system is rigged against them. It's because they couldn't be bothered. They would have been better to just mail out blank ballots to people. They might have had a better uh, rejection rate when it came to that. But there are also other issues with the ballots that were submitted. The non-others that were included were like, they had duplicate papers. Like there was a, a they sent in a, a scan, uh, not the original. You have to have the original document, not a copy of the document. So if they submitted a scan of a document, then guess what? That doesn't count. If it's a photocopy, it doesn't count. Um, they had people who were signing the petition that didn't live in New Orleans. They lived in Metairie. They lived in the North Shore. They lived in other places. I guess they were hoping that they would just sneak on by and not get caught, but they didn't they didn't count so of this again of the 60,000 that were submitted like 27,000 were were allowed which was less than what was needed for it to be successfully done so that is the tale of this one wait what's 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 going on as i see something about a troll let's see Rhonda Santis. <laughs> I love that people are going to starting to call him Rhonda Santis. That's the, that's his drag name. Um, crap ton. I love when Dan speaks in technical terms, LOL. Yes. A metric crap ton even, um, do. Boom, 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 boom. I made some liquor that helps your eyesight twice as good. You can do two of everything. Nice. um, Food jaws rap, people always have food. I don't know what that's about. Either way, Republicans are just trying to protect those very important things. Of course, those very important things to Republicans are usually not important to anybody else. Um, take care of those fish, Deminox. Um, what? Yeah, what troll? I'm not seeing what the troll is. Yeah, ink rat. Wes is a troll? So, hey, Aquatic, how's it going? Why is Hunter suing that pawn shop owner? Is he is Hunter suing somebody? I haven't seen that yet. Um, let's see. Hunter Biden sues pawn shop is it a pawn shop owner? Hunter Biden sues owner who worked on laptop. So it's a computer repair shop owner. But let's let's pop this open. Well, this, let's see. Biden said, this is on Bloomberg, Biden said "Content of laptop was shared without permission. Lawsuit filed after store owner sued younger Biden Schiff. Hunter Biden is suing the owner of a computer repair shop where he allegedly dropped off his infamous laptop, claiming the man improperly copied and helped disseminate his personal data. The suit filed on Friday in U.S. Court of Delaware as response to defamation acted by the shop owner, John Paul Mac Isaac. Is that the Beatles? Um, has anybody else made that joke before? I'm sure they have. Um, hello, Inkrat. Thank you for joining us. I welcome you to uh, welcome you. Why is it this not showing the rest of the article? I'm just having it's not loading. Let's see if I can find another. Um, what's the CNN one? They say, Hunter Biden is accusing Delaware computer repair shop owner who worked on a laptop of trying to invade his privacy and wrongfully sharing his personal data with for political purposes. Biden's lawyers also say that John Paul MacIsaac, George and Ringo, opposed the presidential candidate of Hunter's father, Joe Biden, and then he gave Hunter Biden's data to political enemies to help then-President Trump in 2020. MacIsaac intended and knew or clearly should have known that people to whom he provided the data that he believed to belong to Biden would be then used against then-candidate Biden, Joe Biden to help against Trump. Hunter Biden's lawyers wrote in the court filing Friday. Um, bu, 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 bu. The filing from Hunter Biden's lawyers outlined several ways Mac Isaac provided data to others, including when they say Mac Isaac sent a hard drive inside a stuffed animal to his father in New Mexico, to a lawyer who worked with Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Um, the unauthorized accessing and dissemination of Mr. Biden's data is offensive and objectionable to Mr. Biden. So it's not, are they, they're not, are they not saying, they're not saying that he actually still brought, the the a laptop in which which upholds the idea of there was no laptop um let's see in court filing friday hunter biden's lawyer acknowledged that there's some of his electronic data was in mac isaac's possession but he didn't admit the laptop was his nor does he specify which records that were shared are his uh partner biden hasn't publicly claimed ownership of the laptop he said in a 2021 interview that it could be his or it could have been hacked or a russian fabrication. Um, I mean, the idea that he would go to a um, that he would cross the country just to drop off of the laptop to the one to the one computer store owner or repair shop owner that couldn't identify who he was, it doesn't pass the smell test. So that's kind of silly for me. So I still don't believe that. I, I, so what I, what I believe that Hunter is doing is saying, "Yes, yeah, some of this is my data." I didn't, but he's not saying that he gave him the computer. He is just saying that so that his data was was taken wherever wherever this computer repair shop, Mac Isaac, got the information from. He then disseminated it to other people, in, and that harmed Hunter Biden. And as such, that's the cause cause for his lawsuit. So there you go, crazy ridiculousness. Um, so let's see, West does get whacked every now and then um <laughs> Wes I have a troll who thinks that she is a liberal writer whatever Wes, calm down um anyway so that was a good half hour of the show um we're not going to take a break we're just going to keep on powering right through um hey Alarasia how's it going thank you for joining us appreciate you for coming around um there are 17 likes and 14 viewers, so hey, that's that's a good thing. Although there's 30 views and 14, 17 likes, so if you haven't liked yet, like it. Like the video. Um, share it with your friends, too. Beep, 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 beep. Anyway, next topic of conversation is the other recall. So, what's the deal with the other recall? Um, well... If you remember the Brock Turner case uh, in the Brock Turner case, uh, the people versus Turner, a jury convicted and if I'm getting this from the web, this part is in the website, recallreframe.com about the film um, in people versus Turner, a jury convicted Stanford swimming star, Brock Turner of sexual assault and attempted rape of an unconscious woman, Chanel Miller on the university campus. Judge was it Aaron Persky. Um, Let's see. Is that the correct name? Do 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 Aaron Persky, yes. Um, was the person that sentenced him, and he sentenced Brock Turner to six months in jail, three years probation, and a lifetime on the sex offender registry. And he got out in three months. And of course, there was massive upra- outrage over what happened because six months for this blatant, heinous attempted rape for the sexual assault is clearly too little to anybody who was looking at the case and 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 how horrible the case was so this caused the people of california to uh attempt a recall they put out the petitions or whatever um As this from NPR, Judge Aaron Persky, who handed down the sentence of a high-profile sexual assault trial of Stanford student Brock Turner, was recalled by voters on California on Tuesday. So it was the first time in 87 years that California recalled a judge from a bench. The voters uh, removed him. They they got, I guess, the required signatures, and they went ahead and got the required votes, and they removed him from office. Um, Again, I don't know how many people would say, oh yeah, six months is enough. Although I'm sitting here and I'm sitting there and I'm watching this, the recall reframed mini documentary or documentary short about what was going on. And there are people on there who were saying things like, well, the judge had his discretion and that sentence was within the guidelines that are allowed a judge so he didn't violate the law he was empowered by the state of california to hand out such a sentence and there was a lot of there's some apologia of the sentencing that i found to be disconcerting and uncomfortable because i'm like are you really defending this judge how can you defend the judge how can you defend this this sentencing this guy is an example of somebody who clearly needs to be punished because if there's no it, it's one of the rare cases where you have witnesses to the rape or witnesses to the sexual assault. So you, you, they saw it happening. We all know it happened. And yet he got such a slap on the wrist. And there you have these legal experts who are like, Oh, well it was, it was, it was a fair ruling. And I'm like, a fair not a fair ruling, but a fair uh, sentencing. And I'm just like, H- how, but uh, instead of, Reacting immediately um, in my video series that I have on the channel, I have three videos on it so far coming to terms with activism, and there's more on the way eventually, I promise at some point um, part of part of that video series is the idea that if you hear something that is counterintuitive to your worldview, to your experiences, if you, something doesn't sound right to you, instead of just immediately lashing out and immediately pounding on the keyboard and the horrible garble, and I don't, you know, this is ridiculous and I don't understand it, take a step back, you relax, you, you, you let it marinate. You, you think about it from other points of view. You maybe try and do a little bit more research to try and find out what it is that, about this term that you are having a problem with, are you putting the wrong term on it, maybe, or are you are you getting this idea wrong? Do you understand it correctly? You know, take that time to really understand what's being spoken spoke about. You don't have to agree at the end of the day, but you know, I, I allowed me to have, using my own advice allowed me to take a step back and try and at least have an open mind to the idea of what these people are trying to say. And what this documentary is trying to say Um, what's up Andrea thank you for joining us appreciate you Um, and what the documentary was pointing out or one of the things that the documentary pointed out is that um, we have an incarceration problem in the state of this in this country we are the most incarcerated country in the world I think Louisiana where this brock turner wasn't but louisiana is the 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 king of kings when it comes to uh, incarcerating people we love to incarcerate people it's just our national pastime so what happened in in california during the recall and and beyond or what are the what are the people who created this documentary trying to say about what happened um, in this, in the wake of the attempts and of successfully recalling this judge. Well, immediately, according to the documentary, there was a 30% increase in sentencing across the state. So whatever a sentence might have been over the past year or whatever, whatever metric they use to determine this, whatever 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 metric they used, they determined that sentencing went up 30 percent across California in the six weeks following the recall. So what they're trying to say is that the other all of the judges are elected in the state of California, and when the voters stood up stood up and said, "Hey, we don't want none of this weak sentencing crap." The judges were like afraid for their jobs, supposedly. That's the argument that the documentary is making, and it's saying that well, if you are getting sentencing that's increasing by thirty percent across the board, then what? Then the then the unintended consequence of pushing for a recall and successfully recalling Judge Persky was uh, more disenfranchisement of people being sent to jail, since black people nationwide tend to be incarcerated for much longer sentences, disproportionately, than their white counterparts committing the same crimes. Then if sentencing is going up 30% across California, that means that black people are getting 30% higher um, sentencing rates, or, or that are they're already elevated rates. So they're, they're seeing even more of a disproportionate amount of the increased sentencing. So, um, let's see, the director of the film, according to the San Francisco Standard, acknowledged the profound cognitive dissonance that can occur for people who supported the recall and who are also against mass incarceration, which are typically both progressive positions, the article says. People who supported the recall are now finding assumptions challenged. We have had hard and important conversations, Cohen said, acknowledging the other side. Michelle Dauber is a Stanford law professor, spearheaded the recall, had a different perspective. Uh, She goes, as for any supposed negative consequences of the recall, in my view, there is no credible evidence that the recall election produced longer sentences. That's because contrary to the arguments of the recall critics, most judges are trying to follow the law and act with integrity rather than following election results. Um, But still she's not giving necessarily any data to prove that argument that there was that that the sentencing was consistent while these people who created this documentary are showing data at least i don't know the exact hard data of it but there's are they're, they're presenting data that says 30% increase in sentencing of in the 6 weeks after the recall um Stanford Law professor also stated the Percy recall was more about justice securing a longer sentence for Turner. It's about making a strong statement against rape culture in the legal system. Um, so let's see. Cohen didn't provide answers in a film, but she wants to raise the question of what justice can look like beyond harsher prison sentences. So that's kind of the question you have here is, 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 they're a, a contradiction in you wanting harsher sentencing for rape while opposing mass incarceration. I don't necessarily think there is, but I think that's what the people who created the documentary, and I, I highly recommend everybody watch it. Um, here is, if you have MSNBC, it's probably available on demand. Um, let's copy it and paste it into the chat. Thank you, Benny Loco. Ab. Oh there's the link to the to the to the website of the documentary, uh, the recall reframed. Uh I guess there's links where you can watch it. Uh streaming on NBC Peacock. Uh it's available for educational screenings via Kogga releasing. Um broadcast MSC starting March 19th, blah, 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 blah. and there's also screenings of it coming up, so if you have Peacock, you can watch it, so um, but yeah, it, it brings up questions as to is there is there a contradiction in wanting harsher sentences for certain crimes while opposing mass incarceration? These, so these people are suggesting that there very well might be. Um, i after thinking about, after taking the time to think about it, I'm not convinced that there is is a hypocrisy there. There is a um, contradiction there. I think you can be overall for less incarceration while supporting harsh sentences for certain crimes. And I mean, the racial disparities in sentencing exist and will exist regardless of um, regardless of what happened in the recall. Now, some people might think that in, the, in those six weeks prior after the recall, you had a situation where may, people were getting sentences harshly across the board, uh, but even if that none of that ever happened, if, if, if Brock Turner had been a black guy, we all know that he was definitely highly likely to re- have received a much harsher sentence than simply six months in prison and probation for three years. We know, we all know it would have been a much bigger sentence, a much longer sentence than what Brock Turner got. So a simple D and D. What's D and D? Playing doesn't no, you should not get any prison for Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I don't know what you're I don't know what you were saying. Uh Hey Megan, how's it going? Good to see you. Um Megan was part of our part of the uh twitch stream last night uh where I gave a little bit of the preview of what was going on so that that's one of the questions and and I would love to see in the in the chat of what you feel about it. Do you feel that you can you that if you suppose if you if you oppose mass incarceration and want to reduce mass incarceration, can you do so in concert with? wanting higher, harsher crimes for harsher punishment for certain crimes. I think you can. Uh, some people might disagree. Um, I, I it, it may very well be possible that in a short term, I don't know if this is in the long term because the, the the documentary was basically saying that the six months after or the six weeks after the recall, um, you saw higher sentencing. but did that, was that just a blip? Did it go back to normal after those after the shock of those six weeks? Um, was there anything else about those six weeks about the crimes in those six weeks that happened to be different that might account for the sentencing disparities? Because uh, six weeks, I don't know if that's a very large sample space comparatively for the for the trends of years before and years after uh, drunken disorderly conduct. Okay, yes. Drunken and disorderly conduct should probably not involve prison. And then we can have a whole show about what crimes should have prison time, what crimes should not have prison time, uh, what shouldn't even be crimes. <laughs> like, you know, smoking a personal amount of marijuana shouldn't be a crime. But, you know, in some areas it is. So let's see. So there's. Judge, there's a picture on the MSNBC article with Aaron Pesky holding a sign that says "Reject the recall of Aaron. Judge Aaron Pesky. Don't recall a respected judge who followed the law. Um, again, he may very well have followed the law, but he could have, he probably would have also followed the law if he would have given him three years or five years in prison. You know that was probably within the law as well. So the fact that you follow the law doesn't mean that what your actions were ethical or in any way good when it comes to justice in this country. Um, if any luck, I had to book my own brother for D&D. So embarrassing. Oof. Let's see. Agolf Twitler. Sounds like the documentary disbelieves in moderates. Well, that's the other thing. Like, That's the other thing that I was actually going to bring up is that the, the documentary kind of is a black and white type of thing. It's either... You, you, support, you want harsher punishment for this, so therefore you support harsher punishment, or you support what happened in his sentencing because you believe in ending mass incarceration. And I guess one thing that I would say is that whatever justice, whatever justice looked like for Brock Turner, justice did not include, in my opinion, a simple six-month sentence. But whatever justice should have looked like, that should be irrelevant to any other case. Whatever the case is, should be judged on its own merits. Like we shouldn't say, "Oh, let's." We shouldn't be like, "Okay, well, we're going to increase the punishment for rape, or we're going to increase the minimum guidelines when it comes to uh, rape sentences." You know. Doing that shouldn't have any impact on any other crime. That's why I think it's different. That's why I think you can absolutely push for an end of mass incarceration while still supporting some incarceration for people like rapists, like Brock Turner. Let's see. Hey, Sehag. Long time no see. How are you? How are you? Um, Andrea, I hope your arm's feeling any better with medication or whatever, hopefully. Um, yes, we, our healthcare system does need an overhaul big time. Can't you a quote by the judge. Persky said he considered the factors noted by the probation office and the severe impact of imprisonment on the defendant's life. And see, that's part of the problem that I had with his sentence. I mean, sure, he listened to the probation officer. But what 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 guided the probation probation officers' guidelines? Like what what caused the probation officer to say, "Oh, this amount of sentence is okay for this for this crime." But, hey Elizabeth, um, but the other thing is that the effect on the defendant's life—that's none of our concern. It, he should have, Proc Turner should have been worried about his own life and his own future before deciding to violate somebody's autonomy, before deciding to push himself on a passed out drunk person. He, it, you know, he 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 fucked around and he should have found out, but the judge apparently didn't want him finding out enough. That's the thing, is that there are many examples of crime where it's a root, it's rooted in a systemic problem that's based on something else. Like, you know, maybe theft, you know, theft, simple theft of of food is because of poverty. So you you maybe solve the problem where people are stealing food by making sure that everybody has food available. And maybe you don't lock people up for trying to feed themselves. Maybe you create better systems to feed themselves where you don't necessarily need a, a, any sort of harsh prison sentence to make people afraid to, you know, grab a can of beans for their family so they can eat for the night or what have you. But when it comes to rape, you know, the fact that you have to tell somebody that they shouldn't be raping anybody is a problem, you know, in and of itself. That's already makes that person a sociopath. That they, don't, that they need to be told and they need to be threatened with long prison sentences before they say, oh, well, you know, maybe I won't rape then. You know, my the default is don't rape, period. End of story. That's it. Respect the p- autonomy of other people. It's very easy to respect the body autonomy of other people. And you can do it while yourself are drunk. I know. I think I've told the story before, but I know. You i was six hand grenades in and that's enough to be fit chased. and i knew that the person who i was hanging out with was way too drunk to be consenting to anything so i made sure she got home back in college this is in the 90s when we didn't have as many i think conversations about consent and body autonomy um it was back then we were still no means no instead of yes means yes um so you should have the default of I'm not going to violate this person's autonomy. So clearly, there are some people who are probably going to not rape if they are afraid that rape will will end up in a harsh prison sentence. Now, those people are sociopaths, but if that's what we need to prevent some people from raping, then we need to do it, I and mean, we shouldn't be. If that shouldn't be something that raises our concerns. When it comes to the harsh sentences of other crimes or, you know, we should always be concerned about making sure that, you know, we have all of our I's dotted, our T's crossed, make sure that we have, you know, a case that can convict. But once you once if you have the information to convict and it, it is hard to convict on rape a lot of the times because a lot of the times you don't have two witnesses looking at you taking advantage of a drunk person by a dumpster. Well, this is not one of those cases. This is not a he said, she said. This is a they all said and he did it and he's a rapist and should have been punished for a lot more. Robert Reynolds, what was that term you used? What, fit-chased? Was it fit-chased instead of saying the other one to so not have it be a curse? Is that the one you heard? Um, to Elizabeth, friends don't let President drive. Honor resorted with another date. Um. Bu, 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 bu. So I heard Stephanie Rule talking about someone comparing the orange creepsticles imminent indictment to Christ on the cross, and I may hurl. Yeah, there. Uh, that's always interesting. Okay, good. I was right. You were worrying about fit chased. <laughs> so, and that's and that's one of the things in in discussing in discussing rape or whatever. Um, is that there are people, you know, there's the general argument where where people get mad. And, you know, tell men not to rape. You know, if, if you're worried about men raping people, don't tell people how to not get raped. Tell men to not rape. And people are like, well, nobody needs to be told not. Well, yes, they do. I mean, the, the people who are going to, who have it out there and say like, yes, I'm going to go rape. You know, those people need the harsh sentences or whatever. Those people are the ones who are actively doing, those are absolute sociopaths. Now, the other sociopaths are the people who, may really not realize that certain activities are raped because of how they're raised. If they're raised wrong, you there are people, I've had arguments on my personal Facebook page over hookup culture and it's, it's perfectly okay to, to get people drunk as though, or, or to just keep both people just imbibing drinks. You know, what, what's wrong with giving somebody another drink just so they can, you know, um, be a little more, easy or grease the wheels or whatever. And my point is, no, that's stupid. If you need to provide somebody another shot of alcohol to increase your chances of having sex, then you shouldn't be having sex with that person. And that should automatically trigger if sex does happen and you're applying this person with alcohol to try to get it to happen, it's not sex, it's rape. But there are people who I think need to understand that some of the things that they feel are okay and don't think are wrong because they don't because a sociopath doesn't think that what they're doing is wrong. They're those sociopaths, the other sociopaths, don't care that it's wrong and they're just going to do it. But these the other set of sociopaths are the ones that don't think that what they're doing is immoral, or a violation of anybody's body autonomy. They feel that they if, if, if they get a yes via six shots of alcohol in a short period of time that they feel that that's okay. And it's not, absolutely not okay at all. But clearly, that isn't even where Brock Turner was. Brock Turner was, she was, I don't even think he provided her the alcohol, if I'm remembering correctly. He just found this drunk girl and said, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and do this. And fortunately, there were people who could stop it from happening and he should have been punished more. Let's see, Tim Farrell have two sisters and mother never to be told not to rape. I I mean, there are people with sisters and mothers who rape. So I don't think that having a sister and mother is anything. I think I was raised properly to understand things like consent. Um, You know, I'm trying to teach my boys to consent to bodily autonomy of other people, including their brothers, including themselves, like I've told them that they don't need to hug anybody if they don't want to hug. It doesn't matter if they're a family member. If they don't want to hug, they're free to not hug. i um, trying to teach them, you know, how important it is for them to be able to, if they don't want to be touched, if they don't want to be whatever, leave the other person alone. If Let them do it. Okay. Feel better, Andrea. Thank you. Um, sex offenders need to be brought to the back 40 and dealt with accordingly. I mean, I would like that. See, Kim Chi, uh, much of this comes from teaching that women are subservient and must obey Age superstitions or so rules us? Absolutely. That's part of the patriarchy. Um, it's one of the things that, you know, I need to make a video about because I say patriarchy and a lot of people are like, there's no patriarchy, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, we, we live in a, in a male-led society. We live in a society where, where men are the default breadwinners, where women are the default child-bearers, and that needs to change. Now, some it's changing in some areas, but it's not changing in every area. It's not changing fast enough. So, but yeah, we live in, we still have a lot of people who believe that, you know, it's the manly man thing to do, to go get drunk, get laid, ha-ha. and in reality, it's not, you know, because if, if, if you're getting, I mean, I don't care if you're getting drunk and getting laid, I mean, people should respect your bodily autonomy as well, but if you're, if, again, if you need to go ply alcohol on other people, that's not consent, that's not okay. Um. say how it takes two to tango how you carry yourself goes a long way no matter what gender you are I mean it does take two to yeah, it takes two to tango but it's not a tango if one of them isn't consenting to it it's assault a, a tango where only one person wants a tango is assault it's as simple as that um, do 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 that you don't hear too many women saying there's no patriarchy. There are some that do, you know, you typically there, you're Ann Coulter, Candace Owens, other types of folks who, who, um who are just deplorable in and of themselves. But yeah, that they, they, there are plenty of women who are conservatives who are like, oh, we don't live in a patriarchy or that they just, or they like that we live in a patriarchy because they uh, embrace our, um, they embrace antiquated gender roles, so. Laura Ingram, yes, Laura Ingram. I mean, a lot of them won't won't say, I love the patriarchy. They'll just say, we don't live in a patriarchy and then embrace what we have, which is in and of itself a patriarchy. Of course, if somebody was like, we don't live in a patriarchy and they're conservative, the first thing to do is obviously ask them what a patriarchy is, just like you ask them, well, woke. It's woke. We need to fight woke culture. What's woke mean to you? Let us know. What do you think? Because I did that to home dude a few weeks back and home dude hang a hung up before he had to answer. So, and that one video again, that we talked about last week that went viral of the uh, woman being told asked, Hey, what's being woke? What does that mean? It's like, well, I can't do it in 15 seconds. You can have all the time you want. Tell us what woke is. And the person at least had enough, uh, sense to understand that this is going to be something that went viral because she got drawn into a corner and whatever. Just like the guy calling in, you know, who was saying, Gibson Media, who was saying that all of these things that he was falsely calling rape culture, not rape culture, CRT, he was falsely calling CRT, these are the things that are happening in CRT in our schools. Well, it's not CRT, but can you give us an example? Give us an example of where anything I he mean, couldn't give me one. Why? Because it's not happening. Because they've made a boogeyman. So They make a boogeyman out of everything, and half the time it's a confession of their own actions. Um, Wes, I would you say girls need to be warned not to trust anybody around their drinks. My mother, when I was going off to college, told me to never trust my drink around anybody. Never leave your drink alone. Never, you know, she gave me she gave me the advice because you could get taken advantage of a the guy. They, they drug you. They could take advantage of you, rob you, whatever, whatever else they wanted to do to you. So, um, I think, and I disagree with some people who say that, that advice perpetuates rape culture. If you, if you're a giving it to everybody and not just giving it to women and B, you're not bringing it up after the fact, like don't tell somebody who's saying I was raped. Well, did you watch your drink? No, that that's victim blaming, but, if you're going to tell them, look, always bring your drink with you, you know, make sure to you know, use the fingernail polish that they created. That'll change colors depending on what uh, drug might be in your drink, um, you know, t- giving them tools to avoid being raped is fine as long as you're giving everybody the same tools. But, but the focus needs to be on making sure that people understand consent. The focus needs to be on making sure that people understand the need to respect body autonomy and what is rape, what isn't rape. And then, you know, if the people still can't follow that, you then have to give them punishment. And to me, the punishment should be strong and, and should be, should, it should be a preventive thing. The, the it should be a deterrent is the word I was looking for. This the longer sentences in rape cases should be deterrents to prevent people who would otherwise rape from doing so because they're afraid that they don't want to be locked up for that long. So see, so yeah, if I get plastered and drive a car I'm not the victim of the criminal. That just goes to show that if you are that you can still commit a crime while drunk. You don't have to be—you don't have to be sober to commit crimes. Like in the situation that I was bringing up, where I was back in college and I had six hand grenades, and the woman I was with had six hand grenades. Well, she tried; she didn't finish them. But I was drunk. I was plastered. She was drunker. She was much more drunk than I was. She was much more top because I was bigger than she was, and I could handle my liquor better. But that didn't give me the excuse says, well, I'm drunk, so I'm not responsible for my actions. No, I still knew that, I was, that this person that I was hanging out with was too drunk to consent to anything. And as such, I had the responsibility to not do anything with her. And it doesn't matter how drunk she was. It doesn't matter that she chose to get that drunk. It doesn't matter what situation she put herself in. At the end of the day, it was my responsibility to respect her body autonomy and to make sure that she got home safely without being molested. Even though I was 99.7% certain that she would have been fine with us having sex. And we did at a later point when we were both sober. So I was right. But even with that percentage, it's not worth the gamble because I didn't know for certain. There was no Jimmy Buffett rule. There was no thing of us saying, "Why don't we get drunk and screw?" Because if you if if you're if you're with somebody or whatever, and 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 both of you are like, "Yeah, we're gonna get drunk, we're gonna get shit faced, and then we're gonna, you know, have a whole bunch of naked fun." Okay, I have no problem with that as long as you both went into it ahead of time, knowing that this is what you're gonna do. But if you don't know that, there's no reason. There's no reason to take any actions because you should know whether or not the person is consenting. And if they're too drunk to consent to anything else, they're too drunk to consent for sex. If they're too drunk to drive a car, they're too drunk to consent to sex. What I would say to some people is like, would you sign, if, if you're a dude and you're trying to hook up with somebody, would you sign a business agreement, agreement a business arrangement? a contract with this person at their level of current level of intoxication because if you've got somebody drunk you oh they're not going to sign the contract that for me to buy their business for for some cheap amount of money let me ply a couple more drinks into them so they so they'll agree to sell me their business on the cheap well that would never hold up in court because once they found out that you were applying them alcohol that person signed the contract while intoxicated that sale would completely be rescinded and you'd have to go back to the drawing board and you probably wouldn't get the business anymore because you would proven yourself to be a dickhole. But yeah, if you, if you wouldn't sign a business contract with a person, don't have sex with them. It's as simple as that. Wes, you can back out any time. Absolutely. You can absolutely withdraw consent at any time. And I and Kim, she said, no means no. I go further. I say yes means yes. Because it's not the absence of a no that should allow you to go ahead and do it. Because that woman that Brock Turner raped, or sexually assaulted, I guess, um, she didn't say no. She didn't say anything. She was passed out drunk. So only a consented to yes, a sober yes, is the only thing that counts. A sober yes by somebody who is legally able to consent. Is the only thing that counts that's why I think the burden it should be yes means yes and not no means no um and yes either party may back out of sex at any time it's not just you know not just the guy thing it's not just a girl thing it's not a bin- non-binary thing it's whoever is involved in the sex act at the time be it two two people three people ten people if anybody feels at any point of you know hey I don't want to do this anymore. They have their, their have the right to do so because consent to sex doesn't mean consent to sex in perpetuity and even consenting to something, you know, you can change your mind in the middle or right beforehand. It doesn't matter. So, Kimchi, I did tell the manager, he let me sit at the bar and drink the rest of the night. He did my tables and tips and then a new rule. about where we can leave a drug. I missed half of that. I had done before and eventually realized what was happening. I can't imagine what would happen if I hadn't. When I was waiting tables, left, I left my drink at a waitress station. Someone slipped me some acid while night. Wow. That's crazy. Say um, hi. So at what point are you too intoxicated to not accept sex? One drinks, two drinks, four drinks. Um, but look, alcohol is poisoning and drugs are bad. Okay. Okay. Um, at what point are you too toxic to not accept sex? Well, that's ultimately the cause. It's it's not. See, my thing is, it's not my job. So I guess I could. Well, first of all, let's say this: anybody like my wife, you know, she knows that she has blanket consent. If I'm drunk, I and and she wants to fool around, that's fine you know, we have a, what I would think is a permanent Jimmy Buffett agreement. Um, you know, that never changes. It's fine. But I'm, I'm fairly certain that, you know, she knows that if I'm drunk, you know, it doesn't matter how drunk I am. As long as I'm, uh, physically capable of doing something, I would be happy to do it. Um, that's not TMI. I don't know that this should be as that should be part of the subject of the liberal ban after dark, uh, Conversation or what have you, um, P Dubs. When you're over your legal limit, it depends on your weight, right? It depends. It it depends on your blood alcohol content. I think it more the de- it more depends on your metabolism of the alcohol. Yes, Kimchi. My wife is very cool. I married up. Um, do totally been drugged at a party. Somebody bit a hole in my jeans. Bad things happen. No bueno. Bit a hole in your jeans was a zombie party. Jesus, um, let's see. Is that a? I have a cat coming to visit me. Hey, TV two, what's going on? Um, but to get back to Seha's question about whether or not you're too drunk or too sober, um, you have to make a judgment call about your partner or partners. If uh, I have, I have a story of uh, friends of mine who they were on a date. They were eating food and drinking drinks at one of their houses. Um, Things looked like they were going to happen, but my very close friend uh, looked at the other person and said, look, I think you're too drunk right now. I would appreciate, let's just sit and talk for a while. And if after an hour. And after you sober up a little more, if you still feel like doing it, then we can go ahead and do it. And so they sat there, they talked for another hour, drank some water, didn't drink any more alcohol, they sobered up, and they got down. Um, And the funny thing is, I got told this story twice, (laughs) because I was talking to I was talking to my friend about it first, and then I happened to meet the other person uh, later, and not knowing that this other person was the person she was talking about. And I'm like, was this person's name so and so? And they're like, "How did you freaking know that?" She just told me the same story earlier today. It was hilarious. Um, so, boom, 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 boom. Bit of a hole of G, thats crazy. Um, but, but it was, you know, it's your it's your responsibility as somebody who wants to have sex with somebody else to make sure that you are getting a sober yes, a sober enough yes, I would guess. It's it's your responsibility. You have to make the judgment call as to whether or not this person that you're with legitimately wants to have sex with you because they want to have sex with you or is only having sex with you because they're drunk. Um, I can't say that there's a one drink yes, two drinks no. I mean, I'm pretty lucid you know, depending on what the drink is the up to three, you know probably I mean, I was drinking a lot on the cruise ship, and I was never that intoxicated where i where I probably wouldn't have been able to consent but again if it's it's not my job to make sure that the other people follow my body autonomy, I guess I should say is that the right way to put it? It's their job to make sure that my bodily autonomy is respected, and it's my job to make sure that their bodily autonomy is respected. Um, so yeah I'm in agreement I'm not a victim blamer I just think that situations like this can get out of hand fast It can that's one of the reasons why hookup culture is toxic is because you you have people who are muddying the water too much with alcohol and not 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 understanding the the responsibilities that you have when it comes to that so if to me if, if you're concerned with if somebody's concerned with if you have doubts as to whether or not the person is sober enough to consent, you're probably right in doubting that this person is not sober enough to consent. Wait sometimes. Wait a few minutes. Wait an hour. If it, if if they sober up and they still want to do it, cool, have fun. But if they're still drunk and don't do it, like I had a passenger one time when I was driving Uber. It was one of my last passengers, I think. Uh, before the pandemic started, but before I stopped driving for about three years, and the only reason I drove recently because I had, drove recently because I had a great incentive, um, which is rare these days. But th- this this passenger was in the front seat and she was talking about how much she wanted to get, how much she wanted to get laid that night. But she was flipping drunk, and I was like, she's like, do you think, do you think that I can get laid tonight? And I was like, I, I would hope that nobody would. Uh, I'm sure you'd be able to find people, but I, at this point, I how how intoxicated you are, I'm thinking to myself, anybody who has sex with you right now would be raping you. I don't care how much you say that you want to get laid. No, it's, it's it would not be a good thing for them to have sex with us. I mean, I could probably find you the audio of the video because I think I downloaded it from the camera finally and just play what she was saying. It was kind of, you know, there was some vulgarity in there, but um See, I love the story of the guy who said, "Hey, let's sober up if you still want to." But damn, that sounds like a fairy tale. Um, and it wasn't a guy. It wasn't a guy that said it. It was it was a woman. They were they were uh, both women. So I just left the gender out because it's not really relevant to the idea of what consent is. Again, it has nothing to do. Like there was flat out, there was a time where I didn't feel comfortable with something that was going on, but I felt kind of forced. Uh, with this older woman of that I was seeing because I was trapped in her house and I had no way back home and there was no Uber and Lyft at the time. And, you know, I don't regret it. I don't, I, I mean, I don't feel like I was harmed greatly by what happened. Um, but technically, it still falls under that category where she didn't, it was not, she had the upper hand, she had the power. I had no ability to really say no. And I had to just power through it. And that's part of toxic masculinity because toxic masculinity says, well, men don't say no to free sex. You know, toxic masculinity is like, well, you should just go ahead and do it because you're a man. And that's what men do. And men aren't supposed to have body autonomy when it comes to that. Men are supposed to be able to, are supposed to jump at the chance to have, to have some sex. So, you know, again, I'm not, I still know the person to this day. Uh, We don't, we haven't talked in forever, but you know we did had some point later have consensual sex that was clearly consented to um but there were certain conditions at night that I didn't feel like dealing with, but I had to deal with anyway simply because of the fact that well, I wanted to ride home so so that that's that's one of my stories, I guess I don't know if I've ever told that one uh on the radio before on the on the podcast, but at the end of the day, you know that person did not respect my body autonomy that day. That person did not make me feel as if I had the ability to say no and still get home. Simple as that. Um, golf Twittler, real point. Why would you want to have sex with somebody who may regret it the next day and then look back on the event as being manipulated or abused by the event? As I said earlier, because they're sociopaths. There are a decent amount of sociopaths in this. They don't care about what other people think. All they care about to to use a der- I don't it's not a derogatory term but to use a blunt over the top turn they're just worried about getting their dick wet that's all they care about no more no less doesn't matter to them if the people consent all that matters to them is that they get off then they personally get off not the other person gets off they don't care if the other person gets off either doesn't matter to them they're just all about running up the numbers and and Scoring lots of points in in their body count, so to speak. The idea yeah, of body count is ridiculous too. But um, Elizabeth, I was never casual about sex. Me neither. I always put on a bow tie. Put on a bunch. Sorry. Um, sorry that happened to Glad it's not a really harmful experience. Yeah, I mean the 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 experience that ha- that. Am I gonna? Am I gonna go for it? Go for broke here too. Um, the buddy system, period. All women should know this. Um, yeah, but they shouldn't have to. That's that's kind of the point. But you live in the world that that exists, not in the world that you want to exist. In a perfect world, you wouldn't need buddy system. In a perfect world, nobody would rape either. So, I mean, so we wouldn't have to worry about that. We clearly don't live in a perfect world. We live in a highly imperfect world, and so we have to deal with the world as is, and not as the world as we want it to. While we push um for us we want while we push to get a world as close to what one that we want to push to as we uh as we feel like it and i um I don't want to derail this episode with a whole thing that's not really related, so the thing that I was thinking about just coming out and talking about I might talk about on a on a future show. Um, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you already know what this is about. Um, it's, it's a secret that I held for a very long time. Um, but I'm not talking about it tonight. So I'm not comfortable talking about it tonight yet, Pub- this publicly. So just, there's other things. I'll just put it that way. Um, let's see, this, uh, this all sounds so mature that any person wouldn't want their sexual partner to be as much into being physical as they are. Yeah, it is immature. Well, I don't even know if it's immature. I don't even know if immature is the right word for it simply because of the fact that there are a lot of older people who i mean who are immature sure but there's i don't think maturity has anything to do with it i think it's more just ethics and morality there are people who don't care about others and there are people that do like in my personal experiences like i don't enjoy having sex unless i know that my partner is enjoying it too I want my partner to, to get off and join. I want, like, I don't. I never wanted to have a one-night stand because if I liked you enough to have sex with you and if you liked me enough to have sex with me, I'm going to want to perform as good as possible and, and make you feel as good as possible so you'd come back and want to see me again and again and again and again. It's, you know, that's how I think, but, you know, some people don't think that way. Some people just want to be like Trump and run up on them and grab them like a bee and grab them by the pee and whatever. Um, so, yeah. But back to the original point of the entire – this half hour, which has turned into an hour now, um, is that, you know, I, A, I recommend everybody watch. Watch The Recall Um, was it the recall reframed watch the recall reframed. If you have the ability to do so, it's on Peacock. Um, If you have Peacock, you might be able to find it on MSNBC over the weekend at some time. Um, I'm sure they'll air it over this weekend because it just recently came out. Um, And I want, I want you to, you know, sit back and think about it too and see, you know, do they have a point is pushing for is pushing for harsher sentences on rape cases detrimental to the case of of eliminating mass incarceration can you have both can you have that cake and eat it too i think you can um after i but i sat and thought about it a good bit i i, I didn't because I, I my life view never really had me consider the idea that by pushing for harsher sentencing for rape you're pushing potentially pushing to have mass incarceration be perpetuated. I didn't think that the re, a recall effort could potentially cause other judges to want to give harsher sentences to protect their own careers. Now, I don't know how many judges actually did this. Maybe, maybe, maybe the judges in over the next six weeks, there were a few, maybe there were a few that skewed the average, but maybe there were other cases that weren't finished. Like, why did they pick six weeks? Why did they not pick eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 14 weeks, 24 months, whatever, however many months you want. Like, to me, sometimes, you always have to question numbers, because when they're like, in the next six weeks, these things happen. Well, why did you pick six weeks? Why not five? Why not seven? Because probably six makes their argument the best. It's, it's the best way for them to make the argument that they're trying to make. But if, if we looked at it from a year out, did they go back to normal? I'm thinking that they probably did go back to normal or somewhat close to there. At least maybe they went a little up because maybe the person they replaced this judge with um, would be like, Hey, people like Brock Turner should be sentenced harsh, more harshly. And that's the end of it. But uh, it, it it's, it's, but it's an interesting thing to think about and it it's the kind of thing that when you're looking at politics and when you're looking at what people say like the gut reaction from conservatives when they deal with woke or they deal with you know critical race theory or all these other things that they don't understand their gut reaction is to lash out and be like that's stupid that's ridiculous i don't agree with that at all blah 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 they're all angry about it but You know, if you take the time and you you allow yourself to hear the other person's point of view, you allow, you don't have to agree. Again, I took the time. I sat down. I did some research. I I marinated on the things that the, the people were saying. I, okay, I understand what you're saying. I get your points. There may be some validity to what you're saying, but here's where I disagree. And then you, that's where you, that's how you have better discussions at the end of the day too especially with people who you generally would agree with, like I'm sure that the people who made the documentary and myself and other people are all happy to have mass incarceration be reduced or eliminated uh, in in place of, you know, non-mass incarceration. I don't know what eliminating mass incarceration doesn't mean eliminating incarceration. It just means we're not going to prison, imprison everybody for everything. We're not going to perpetuate the prison industrial system. We're not going to just have a, um, they just loop back of people just going recidivism and back, going back to jail, going back to jail, going back to jail, going back to jail et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's how you have those conversations. That, that That's how you can better understand other people's point of view is just by not going with your gut reaction when it comes to things that don't seem intuitive to you and allowing yourself to, To just kind of take a breather and to try and understand it and then re-engage in the conversation and be like, okay, I understand why you're saying what you're saying. It'll make your arguments better too because you don't have to agree with them. You could just, but you can understand what they're saying so you can actually argue with what's being said instead of arguing straw men. Like I used to not, I used to reject the idea of the term rape culture because in part i was defining it in my own head without really understanding what other people were saying and other people's definition and like the first definition i saw i think was pretty horrible anyway it was a bad definition um but i eventually listened and changed my worldview because i understood what was being said with it now a lot of times with conservatives like discussing woke discussing crt they don't know what those things really are they're just told to be afraid of them and then they just harble garble and get all angry but if they were to take the time to actually understand what being woke meant what being what CRT is and 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 the underlying concept behind it maybe some of them might take the opportunity to realize oh wait i'm wrong most of them won't because it's a cardinal sin to admit that you're wrong in the republican party as a conservative so oh wait caller yes elizabeth Sorry, I was looking at the screen and not looking down at the other screen, so I didn't necessarily see the caller calling in. So, hey, what's going on?
2: Um, hey, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you.
2: Great. Um the thing is is that these are prisons for profit and when there's a profit motive to jail your neighbor. Yep. You know. it's Okay, I might mine might be messed up. Yes, I can yeah, you, yeah. you,
0: you broke up you broke up a little mm-hmm. bit, but it, it's it's fine. But I understand your point, and I get I I agree with you. Uh, ending for profit prisons will do a lot to eliminate mass incarceration because these for profit prisons donate to judges, elect the judges. They donate to politicians to appoint judges. Yes. they, 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 they There's a, a profit motive for them to continuously do that. It's,
2: yes, it's a, it's a racket.
0: It's oh hold on. Wait, wait. Awesome. Well, they can't hear you. Okay. Uh hold let get, on. Let me, let me let me
2: get off the I, I don't
0: think now. it's you. I don't think it's you. I think it's um um hold on. Speakers. Say something now.
2: Okay, I'm here.
0: Yes, I think they can hear you now. All right, so start over.
2: Okay, well the whole thing with the prisons for profit, when there's a profit motive to jail your neighbor, then there's big business. There's money to be had. And so is that all right? Can,
0: yeah, I, we right? could definitely okay. hear you.
2: Okay. So that that to me, right off the bat, is if you follow the money, ultimately you're going to find that there's somebody making money. I mean, there, it, there's some, like, they're contracting out, they're uh, subverting a lot of the, the federal and state funding that's funneled into, into state governments and through state government's to local programs is being funneled into these programs that are being contracted out by at the county level, at the city level contracted out to private entities. And, you know, these guys, and, and there's profit to be made. And, and it those, some, some of these services need to be regulated. They can't be just contracted out to whoever this includes elder care, foster care, right. who knows what, so right. there's a lot of this going on. They're, they're trying to privatize everything. They're trying to squeeze the dime out of every little um, vital need that we might have.
0: Yep, that's a, that's the problem. Public. One of the problems I have with all the charter schools is that is that they're taking public money and giving them all these little private charters and they're paying more people than need to be paid because every charter school has an administrator that doesn't that, that that's not needed. It's an it's an inefficiency. So
2: yeah, right. I mean, and they don't have to be certified. They don't have to be certified right. and the charter school cannot be regulated because they're not receiving the, the the public money in directly. It's it's subverting again, subverting the system.
0: Right. And that's yeah. what they want to do. They don't like that's early on when Donald Trump was, was elected and he was talking about turning Washington upside down. I was like, he's going to shake it like a couch and try and get all of the money out of it. That's what they try and do. They try and privatize fuel. every single thing.
2: Every vital need, every vital resource of uh, food, f- fuel, um, uh medication anything that we need yep. they want to privatize so they can hang it over us and decide who lives and dies and this is that's you know it really is a death cult they used to threaten when obamacare was going through right <laughs>
0: obamacare had the death panels. Mm-hmm. Every, every conservative accusation often ends up being a confession yeah. They 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 said right. obamacare had death panels of course What they called death panels was was a limitation of cost sharing. It was ridiculous. Um, I actually had an audio from way back in the day where I was telling somebody who was in Congress, I went to one of his town halls, and I was like, no, you're wrong. And the congressman was like, you're much, much smarter than I am. And so I played that on the air a lot when I was had my terrestrial radio (laughs) show. So, yeah, so I enjoyed the fact that that, uh, Congressman Gao, who was only one term, uh, did say you were much, much smarter than I am. Because I agree, uh, at least on that thing, because I actually read the bill and he didn't. He just read a letter from the Liberty Council. And that's what that's the thing is all these propagandists, all these propagandists out there that, that people don't question because, again, Donald Trump said he loves the poorly educated. And so, A, he wants to keep people poorly educated. And B, he will take advantage of them, of the fact that they are poorly educated by telling them things and Convincing them that his lies are, are for truth, and then they doubt everybody else. So, well,
2: sort of undermining the institutions, and just like uh, any kind of so an attempt to undermine our currency, right. the U.S. dollar. That's why I never have been really up for the pseudo currency. Sorry if I'm offending anybody who's into that, but I never was. And there's just a couple things, you know, that I just I've been skeptical about uh, engaging in, just because they had too many wide, wide ranging potential consequences and they were hammered through real Congress real fast. Right. And um, anyway, so anyway, I'm going to um, let you go. Cause I'm in the middle of trying to make chicken and dumplings. So.
0: <laughs> okay. I want some.
2: <laughs> you have to make
0: me some if I'm ever in your neck of the woods.
2: Yeah. Well, it's been raining. So I'm trying to get something warm going. So anyway, nice. uh, thanks All for right. having me on. Appreciate
0: oh, you're it. very welcome. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you for calling. Now I do have a question I do have a question for the yes. rest of the chat. Just for the rest of the chat. Um, did y'all hear this week's um Hypocrite of the Week? Because apparently my uh audio settings might not have been correct. So I'm thinking that my Hypocrite of the Week did not play at le- on the air. At least it didn't play it played on the podcast. It didn't play on the uh it might it might not have played audibly on um on the air. So let's go ahead and we're going to go ahead and just play Hypocrite of the Week anyway again, since I know it's going to be playing now. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is Steve Bannon, who was critical of the comments Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made over Trump's involvement with Stormy Daniels. Bannon failed to criticize Trump when he made his own sordid and homophobic allegations as well. If you demand decorum when others discuss Trump, you should demand decorum from Trump as well. Do we expect that to ever happen? Of course not. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Dane Radio. Talk from left, that's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Liberal Dane Radio on YouTube and blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal All right, that's this week's Hypocrite of the Week. Uh, if, if we did not hear, I don't know what happened. Um, my set, One of my settings that uh, captures the desktop audio just went to default, and I don't know why the default defaulted off of the off of something else. I think it default went to like the monitor or something. So that's why we weren't hearing Elizabeth, but fortunately we got it taken care of and we got to hear that as well. Um, But while we're at it, I'm kind of playing this. I already have next week's words of redneck wisdom picked out because it's the same dude that this week's words of redneck wisdom, but I just want you to hear just, I mean, this guy I think makes Ficus sound like a brain surgeon. Like this guy is. I've heard him several times before. I finally, I finally uh, went ahead and downloaded the show to make this week's words of redneck wisdom. And now, words of redneck wisdom. Brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio.
1: Uh, I've been watching, you know, the news the last couple of days, and I see Doug Mastriano, you know, grilling the guy from the railroad there, the derailment, the thing about the who signed off on burn, and he he keeps saying that it's the fire chief there. Well, Jeff, I'm confused. I mean, I'm really confused. Wouldn't the EPA take charge of that situation if they was yes. there two hours after the I mean, yes. it, Doug Mastriano, as much as I like him, he sits there and says he knows about stuff like this. He's been in the internal works on stuff like this. Then why is he pretending to believe, I mean, not pretending to not believe the guy, but pretending that, I mean, I never heard the EPA mention, or, it, the EPA mentioned in that in the clips I saw. Uh, why is he asking about who signed off when they know the EPA was in charge? They would have had to sign off the EPA, right? Correct? Uh, am I, am uh, I just a dumbass? Uh, uh, he says, I don't buy it. He says, I don't buy it, with the, the uh, uh, fire chief. Well, of course he don't buy it. That's absurd. The lowest guy on a totem pole. That's He's pretending. He he knows damn good well the EPA was in charge and had the authority there. Uh, or am I just a dumbass, Jeff? In charge what of it. I was they wasting money on mm-hmm. asking a, a dumb question and getting a dumb yeah. answer? I don't understand. Right. That's all they do is mm-hmm. is pretend. And I'm getting mad. I'm I'm angry because mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. I'm not that stupid. And this
0: concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. All right, so there you go. This week's Words of Redneck. Words of Redneck Wisdom, Jeff! I, 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 am I a dumbass? Well, I think you might be, I reckon. Um, yeah, there's an even better one for next week, but I wanted to, I wanted to introduce you to, cause I've had the cowboy guy, Leon from South Carolina. I think this guy's from either from Ohio or Indiana or something, but yeah, I wanted to, wanted to give an introduction to this one before going way off the deep end with what he said, I think on another day. So, uh, that's one of my bits that I'd like to do try and do it uh, every day words of redneck wisdom uh every every podcast at least at least every Wednesday um also with hypocrite of the week um Jeff Curry I'm fluent in redneck and hillbilly is is there I guess there might be a difference um how many depends how many times you say I reckon um so I don't think I' Sure hope it's not a firearm reference. What? The educator can part hair at a thousand feet. Um, I don't think that was supposed to be taken as an actual legitimate firearm reference, so um That's not an India Indiana accent sounds appalachian. Yeah, I cut off the announcement of where he's from, so I'll have to remember I'll have to go back and listen and I'll update next week. But yeah, am I a dumbass? Oh, yes, yes, you are. You are. So were a lot of the people that, that called into that radio station. Cause Oh boy. Um, yeah. Interesting people, all of them. But anyway, so kind of the, to wrap up the whole show, um, you know, first we talked about just to give us the small recap, we talked about the recall in New Orleans, how the people failed to recall. And I was correct uh, when they refall, when they, about what why the recall would be not successful simply because of the fact that um simply because of the fact that my ballot was marked wrong and uh in their when they pre-printed their stuff so i could couldn't imagine that others one would be other ones would be marked wrong or wouldn't be marked wrong either so they failed miserably um and all they did reveal is the um the inherent racism in the system, because there's a lot of things that this mayor was was criticized of that other mayors had not been, and the difference between it is that she's a black woman and they're not. So that is that, and then of course there's the documentary, the the reframing of the recall in California of the judge that had made the ruling over the decision to only give Brock Turner six months. Um, there's you know we had that discussion talking about is pushing for longer prison sentences for rape a way to does that is that counteract any attempts to stop mass incarceration I think you it's too black and white to say you know you either go for complete ending of mass incarceration and no you can't have any prison sentences that are that are made harsher I think that's incorrect I think you can have a push for like murder and rape I think those things a, a child abuse I think those things can still have harsh sentences while eliminating the mass incarceration for those other things. And you'll end mass incarceration at that point. Um, So that, that, that's what it is. That's what it be. Um, So just reminder, I will be on Twitch tomorrow night, uh, twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com if you would like to join us there again you know we are probably doing some dreamlight valley to make aaron happy i also have some tasks to do in dreamlight valley to finish up and i'll also be doing um whatchamacallit um Fortnite as well but you know you come if, if everybody comes in and we just start talking about politics and everything if trump gets it look If Trump gets indicted tomorrow and actually gets indicted tomorrow, we'll we'll probably have a lot to talk about. So if you want to join me to to talk about that, come to my Twitch stream tomorrow and and we'll talk about it. Um, Now, one of the the things I did want to talk about earlier on is the fact that uh, I forgot to mention is the fact that initially it was reported today that um, he wouldn't be arrested, but that Trump would turn himself in willingly if indicted. And at first I had a hard time believing that simply because of the fact that wh- why would Donald Trump just willingly do that? But then I realized how much Donald Trump followed in the footsteps of Adolf Hitler when it came to all of the other things that he did, like, you know, um, scapegoating an entire religion for the problems when he promoted the idea of having a total and complete Muslim ban, a ban of Muslims entering the country. Um, you know, he, uh, You know, he, he, what's the other thing? He he used uh, the Lugan press, the lying, Adolf Hitler used to talk about the Lugan press, the lying press. Uh, Donald Trump was kept on talking about fake news. Uh, He followed Donald, uh, Donald Trump followed Hitler's playbook pretty well. Um, So part of Hitler's playbook would have to be going to prison for a bit, because that's what Adolf Hitler did. That's where he wrote Mein Kampf, I think, was in prison. So... Darth Marmalade. That's awesome. <laughs> I like calling him Orange Foolius, but I I think I might have to steal uh, Darth Marmalade. That's hilarious. Um so yeah, he's the fact that he's willing to turn himself in might just say that hey, I'm going to go ahead and be a martyr in prison. And he could even run for run for president from prison. He could do that if he wanted to. Like uh, that would be an interesting thing to have somebody elected from jail to be president, like elected from prison to be president. That would be a strange thing that would be to show that our com- country had really gone off the rails. Why is blazing saddles trending? That's interesting. Um, it's loading slowly. I don't know why blazing saddles is whatever. Um, Elizabeth, I don't tote guns. I promise I'm disarming and into de-escalation. Words mightier than a sword. The pen is mightier than the sword, or as is, is, uh, fake Sean Connery say, the penis mightier! I'll take the penis mightier, Trebek! <laughs> anyway, um, something right wrong, don't fret, it's not your fault. Okay, well why is Don the Con trending? Um, I'm not getting anything, I don't know, it's really weird. You know, such a sweet image, but we all know that Creepsicle's not going to prison in any traditional sense of the phrase. My thought was that if he actually believed that he was going to go and, and be in prison, if he thought he was going to be found guilty, my thought was um, that he would just flee the country, that he would go to some place that doesn't have extradition, and that would be the end of it. and that, and that would be how he got rid of him because he didn't wanna, he, did, he wouldn't want to have to deal with impending pri- imprisonment. The other side of the coin is that if he does that, then he has to admit that he would lose and he has a hard time admitting that he would lose his ego may very well put him in prison because in order for him to run away, he have to admit that he was going to lose and he can never do that. Or he would find some way to spin it at least, but it would be a difficult spin and he would never be able to get to, uh, he would never be able to get to, um, be president again at that point so let's see i'm trying to i've been trying to find that until i got reminded of the Donald trump point i wanted to make today do 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 do. there we go so they found guilty yeah but if he's convicted it is going to be some kind of ankle bracelet situation no way we're imprisoning a former president u.s president i i think we could i think we absolutely could i think he might go to a, a supermax or something depending on the crime um I mean, yeah, I would love him to leave the country. I mean, I don't know, if does he go to Russia if he flees the country? If he goes to Russia, I mean, there's nothing more for him to give Putin. So Putin would have no reason to to keep him safe. So I don't think he goes to Russia. I think he goes somewhere else. But maybe he could take all the deplorables with him. That would be awesome. He could just, you know, do a mass exodus, like the Israelis fleeing slavery in Egypt uh, for the promised land. They could go go all leave the United States following their Donald Trump like a bunch of lemmings and head somewhere else where they can name him Emperor for Life, call their new country pakistan and they can build whatever wall they want to even though they don't have to because no one would want to Joe no one would want to go into Dumb Pakistan to begin with. So bless your heart, Dan. I mean, you know, I don't know. It, it it's 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 really difficult to underst to, to, to understand and figure out what's gonna happen because you have to bounce Donald Trump's ego off of Donald Trump's will wanting to be free and you have to and, and willingness to circumvent and violate the law. Um and then you have to have a little bit of trust, I guess, in the in the in the judicial system. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what will happen. It'll be an interesting thing, but I hope tomorrow we finally see one, at least one, or if not more, indictments. Um, Jeff Curry, I do not want to see a perp walk. I want to see a son-style carryout. Um, I don't like perp walks, but since perp walks are a thing, I really want him to be perp walked, but he's not going to be perp walked because he's rich and can afford wealthy attorney. He can afford his rich people attorneys who will negotiate the him coming peacefully if he is going to come peacefully and as such they'll allow him to whatever Ooh, I hit the button already anyway so this is this is the end of this week's episode of liberal Dan radio talk from the left that's right I'll be uh, again if especially if Donald Trump is indicted tomorrow come to my twitch stream twitch.tv slash uh, 8 p.m. central over there as well and we'll talk about that whilst I'm being a nerd and playing video games Otherwise, next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com, support the Patreon, subscribe to the channel, share videos, help me get to 1,000 viewers, 1,000 subs so I can get monetized, and all that good stuff. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left, that's right.